Welcome to this special episode of Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon, and I love when we get a chance to sit down and do these type of series. This is our Meet the Candidate series where we sit down with a series of candidates who are vying for political office. doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, running in a nonpartisan election. We want to hear from you. We think it's important here because we want the voters to hear from candidates, to hear their platforms, to hear their personal stories. We want them to know all of these type of things before they go into the booth and make these all important decisions. So I want you to sit back, listen with an attentive ear, and enjoy the podcast. Um, to be a Negro, to be a Negro in this country, and to be um, relatively conscious, is to be in a state of rage, almost, almost all of the time. You wonder why I spit the truth, but not to make no dope. To make a difference. District 84. My name is Cody Anderson and I'm running to be your representative for the South Carolina State House. Many of us are still shocked by the unfortunate passing of State Representative Ronnie Young. He was a standard bearer for public service and for leadership. I understand his successor will have some huge shoes to fill, but I'm up for the challenge. After I lost my grandmother as a young adult, It inspired me for not only public service, but for philanthropy. I joined George Funeral Home as a director in 2014 and purchased the business four years later. My experience makes me relatable to residents, whether you're an employee or the owner of a business. My campaign is focusing on not only economic development, but also educational reform and infrastructure. As the state prepares to add an additional gas tax, It's important to make sure that taxpayer assets are used for their initial intent. And speaking of roads, we should encourage supporting the arts and other academic endeavors to create inroads for our children's success in school. I would love to be your representative. I just need your vote in the special primary on Tuesday, July 30th. My sense of service and conservative values make me the ideal choice. Your support and your prayers are greatly appreciated. Remember me, Cody Anderson, your candidate for South Carolina House of Representatives, District 84. This advertisement was paid for by Anderson for SC House. Do you need insurance for your car, home, life, or business? Then trust Jay Harvey, your all-state insurance agent in Evans, Georgia. He opened his agency in 2017 because he loves helping and working with people. As a husband and father, he understands the importance of helping families prepare for the unexpected. You can get a personalized insurance quote today by calling 706-434-8106. Jay's office is located at 3118-8 William Few Parkway in Evans, Georgia. Remember, you're in good hands with Jay Harvey, your neighborhood Allstate insurance agent. Welcome to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon, uh, here with a candidate for uh, South Carolina House District 84. And for those of you all who keep up with local politics, you all understand the ramifications of what that means in the uh, unique situation for why we have to, uh, we're going to have this uh, special Republican primary is because of the uh, unfortunate and untimely passing of the 
uh, former representative Ronnie Young. And so that is something that has really had an impact on this community. But um, I am here uh, with a young man who is local, uh, who, you know, just uh, come to find out, man, I have a look, well, we have a, a common bond that uh, we'll share with you at some point uh, in this podcast. But I'm so glad to have here again, a candidate for House District 84, Mr. Cody Anderson. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Ken. And it's wonderful to be with you today. Glad to uh, glad to have you on the podcast. We were saying uh, we had spoken just uh, before the podcast. We were saying um, you actually are a 2005 graduate of Midland Valley High School, and uh, it just so happens that uh, Cody and I, my younger brother James, were good friends in school. Absolutely, so, uh, and I thought a lot of him growing up. He's a great young man, and I've enjoyed keeping up with him on Facebook and you know, <laughs> seeing what's going on in his life. And, Certainly, and that's you know those are the great things just about social media. It's really just kind of helped us to keep those bonds together. Aside from you know a ten year reunion or twenty year reunion, it's you know, you can pretty much keep up with friends, you know, local or far all the time. So, but I want to talk about, you know, obviously your, um, your campaign and just some of your, your ideas, you know, for just improving the community and, and for public service. But before we get into all that, just want to ask you, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, absolutely, Ken. So uh, I'm a lifelong resident of District 84, actually a fourth generation. Oh, wow. uh, you know, as you said, graduated from Midland Valley High School. I was uh, brought up by my great-grandparents. My parents weren't really ready to be parents at the time, although they were involved in my life, especially my mom and stepdad. Uh, but uh, so brought up by my great-grandparents and uh, was in college at USCA getting ready to graduate and my great-grandmother passed away and I was very inspired by the professionalism that was conducted with her funeral arrangements and that kind of inspired me to get into funeral service and uh, that was about 12 years ago mm -hmm. so I uh, kind of worked my way through my apprenticeship graduating from mortuary school and uh, working my way up to actually purchasing my own funeral home so I'm so thankful for that opportunity and I think uh, throughout my life uh, even at Midland Valley service was always very important to me I was president of my graduating class uh, and just have always given back it's been very important to me I've really done that more on a philanthropic level versus public service so this is actually kind of a, a, a new area for me and I think it's just another way to give back to the community very well said. Um, you can kind of give us some background on just some of your philanthropy. I, you seem like a modest guy. You may be um, less inclined to say, well, hey, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. But I mean, the city of Aiken has, you know, recognized you in the past for, you know, just some of the uh, phil philanthropic uh, things that you've done. Just share that with the audience. Absolutely. It's been a true honor to to be able to give back, you know, first I would give back uh, with my time because I really didn't have the financial ability <laughs> to give back on, the, on that way. But over time, I've been able to do a combination of both. Uh, I've served on various boards and organizations. Uh, the first would be the Horse Creek Midland Valley Veterans Park in the heart of District 84. It's very important to me because it's right across the street from where I grew up. I actually played on that vacant land and was able to help when the park was being developed. And later, I've served on their board of directors and even as fundraising chairman, so I'm able to help raise funds for the park and help maintain it. It's a beautiful tribute to our local veterans. Uh, <clears throat> I've also served on the Aiken Center for the Arts, their board, and that's very important because it brings art to students and families. Also, Joy and Aiken, formerly Juilliard and Aiken, we bring these world-renowned artists, and the outreach is tremendous. We have just been able to bring 
world-renowned artist and such great talent into the local public schools and expose kids to music that they may not ever have been able to experience. And also, I serve on the, the board of USCA, the Partnership Board. I believe that higher education is very important. And uh, I serve on the board of directors for the South Carolina Funeral Directors Association because as a profession, I think it's very important that we uh, give back to our profession and make sure uh, we are educated and uh, have continuing education and make sure that you know we're abreast with everything that's going on in our profession. And uh, so there are some other things that I've been involved in. I've also uh, given back on a philanthropic level to Aiken Together. And as you know, uh, may know that that was kind of like a combination of three local Aiken uh, charities, one being the African American Center, uh, which is very important. We were able to give funding to help, you know, get them to what they needed to do to have that place open. And it's just such a wonderful place for Aiken and our community to have. Also, uh, Aiken together helped with the train depot, continuing their funding, and also the new uh, SRS Museum, which is just right next door here. So I think those are three uh, great uh, things for Aiken to have in our community as a whole. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed beyond just, you know, the things that you've been able to do for the community, just your, your approach to life. And, you know, you're obviously, you're, um, you know, your funeral director, you're, you're in that business. But what I see from you is, is not an individual who defines, you know, himself by death and obviously the death that you've experienced personally, but just, you know, taking adversity and taking opportunities and really just kind of uh, cherishing life and making the most out of people's lives. So I'm just thoroughly impressed with you just from that perspective. But I want to, I do want to ask you specifically, because I think that's important just for people to kind of understand, you know, where you're coming from. How did that unfortunate passing of your great grandmother, how did that shape your life and how did that really mold you into the person that you are today, you think? Oh, absolutely. You know, my great grandmother had such an impact on my life and I feel very fortunate that I had her in my life. Uh, because uh, she was part of the greatest generation, you know, lived during the Great Depression, and really, uh, you know, they they uh, had such a hard time, you know, during that era, and really came uh, up with nothing, and was just able to make the best of what they had, and that's what she instilled in me, you know, the philosophy of you 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 work hard, you give back. You're good to your fellow man. You know, just, you know, never, ever uh, was there a time that we viewed anyone by the color of their skin or, you know, anything. It's just you you love your mankind, and it's important that you give back and you're a good person. So I'm so thankful that she instilled all of that into me. And so I think that when she passed, it had such an impact on me because she had been my primary caretaker, and I was able to shift just in such a short amount of time to, to looking after her because uh, she got sick very quickly and then passed away about two weeks later. Mm. But being able to be there and care for her and then at the very end being able to take care of her final arrangements, making sure that she was honored. And uh, it was just so inspiring, especially the professionalism that was shown to me uh, by the funeral home that handled her arrangements. And that's actually where I did my apprenticeship, Hatcher Funeral Home in Langley. Uh, it just really impacted me. And I think that we can, we can learn so much about life from death. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. 
This is Donald Doe and Mike Hale Doe with Family Financial Consultants. Do you need help with Medicare, with affordable mortgage and life insurance, building an estate for your child? We provide these types of services for you and much more. As independent insurance brokers, we take pride in coming into people's homes and not only saving them money, but changing their lives. Imagine only paying a few dollars for your medicine instead of hundreds, or cutting the cost of your insurance premiums. Our goal is to provide affordable policies tailored to your individual needs. Give us a call at 803-293-8915 or 706-503-3933. Family Financial Consultants, LLC, located at 412 Edgefield Road in North Augusta, South Carolina. Agents work for companies, but a broker works for you. You talk a lot about, you know, um, your support of just the arts and of music and of different things like that. And I kind of want to um, shift gears and talk about just your platform. And it's a three-part platform. We talk about education reform, economic growth, and infrastructure. And I actually want to start with the education reform piece. And it seems like you have a, a unique perspective with that. When I hear folks talk about education, they, they're talking about the arts. It shows a more um, just an, an abstract ideology. That's something I can appreciate just even in doing communications. But if you'll just kind of tell us in your own words what your platform will look like in terms of education reform. Yes, absolutely. Well, first, I think that South Carolina ranks in the national average around 42nd in the nation, and that's absolutely unacceptable. You know, we have to do a better job for not only our students, but for our educators. We need to make sure that they have every single tool that they need to, to give our uh, students, that's our future, the best education that they need, and that that will require a lot of conversation. We need to talk to educators, we need to talk to parents, we need to look at the students, we need to get away from the standardized testing and putting the focus on that, where we need to see what works for students. And I think we're going to have to look at with technology how the world has changed, how to educate these kids. You know, we have to do what's best for our students and educators. Sounds really good. Let's um, shift gears and talk about economic growth. Absolutely. Well, District 84, in my my view, represents a very diverse mix of businesses and uh, and the biggest growth corridor in our area. You know, we stretch from from Jackson, Beach Island, all the way to, to parts of Graniteville, and some of the area's largest manufacturing is there as far as Kimberly-Clark and Bridgestone. We want to make sure that our district, being uh, having such a great growth uh, <clears throat> area, that we are attractive to these industries that want to come here and that we're respectful to the taxpayers as well. And, and we want to make sure that we are continuing to attract these industries that want to come here and employ our residents. Absolutely. You mentioned two, um, you know, two manufacturing um, entities when you talk about Kimberly Clark and you talk about Bridgestone. How exciting is that it's to, um, you know, and just as long as they've been here, but then to think that, you know, that there's even more growth that's on the horizon. Talk about that. I, I think it's great. You know, Bridgestone, they are such a good steward, not only to their employees, but to the community. They give back. They want to make sure that the lives of, of their employees and the residents uh, uh, 
are beneficial. They, they give back, and I think that that's the type of industry that we want to attract here. I think that when you look back at the history of this area, you know, when you look at Graniteville Company, when they came in, when Greg Graniteville came in, you know, they built the schools, they, they built homes for the employees, uh, you know, they gave the land for the cemetery. You know, it's that type of philosophy. You want to bring in industry that is going to help the area, and that's what we need a revitalization of. And, and as you're saying, we need a revitalization of philanthropy is what you're looking at. And that's, I mean, that's that's utility infrastructure. Is that, you know, are we looking at, hey, man, these roads are awful, or is it more diverse and more um, expansive than that? We'll love to hear from you. Absolutely. I think we see all across the state that our infrastructure is, is, is crumbling. I, I think that the legislature has been doing initiatives to, to bring that up to par. I think we need to do more. I think we have to hold DOT accountable. It needs to be ran more like a business versus a bureaucracy. Yes, they use contractors. It's very common in business, but you have to hold those contractors accountable. You know, they have to meet their deadlines. They have to, to, to be a good steward of the taxpayers' money. And uh, it's it's unacceptable that our roads and bridges are in, in in these conditions. You know, they have to be safe. They have to be up to code. You know, so we have to do a better job. I want to ask you as a public servant, I want to just ask you as a, as a taxpayer and kind of expound on that. You know, when you see a gas tax and these different types of things are going to be implemented and it's 2% here. And so they're saying, well, we're going to take this money and then still you're riding up and down these roads. Just how frustrating is that for you personally? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'm a very fiscally conservative person. So I do believe that uh, it, it is frustrating, you know, and we want to make sure, as I said, that, uh, any funds that are used by taxpayer money, they need to be used accordingly and appropriately and as wisely as possible. Well said. And so we've talked about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, economic growth, education reform, and infrastructure. Um, if you could just uh, impress uh, to just the listening audience why those three points are so pivotal in terms of, you know, you um, just trying to inspire and attract uh, potential voters. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think personally that those are three of the areas in, in our district and our community that need focus. And I believe that as a business owner, someone that's not a politician, someone that I can I consider myself as an outsider, I feel that I can bring to our constituents uh, that level of service that is needed to make sure that these areas are addressed and implemented well said. I want to ask you um, just about the ethnicity piece. And you talked about um, the uh, Aiken Center and just, um, you know, your efforts to uh, promote that. But, you know, I'm looking at just House District 84. Uh, it's a district where a quarter of that community, you know, represents people of color. Uh, over 21 percent are black, over 5 percent are Hispanic. Are there um, particular pieces of your campaign or, and just uh, different things like that where you are reaching out to make sure that this is a diverse and all inclusive community? Yes, and I love the fact that, that our district is so diverse. I think that that is wonderful, and I think that that is what makes our community and our nation such a great place. And I think that when you, in my view, I don't think that you should look at a candidate just by their party affiliation. 
I, especially in this race, because there's not a Democrat or any other contender. There's only six Republicans running. So I really think that you have to look at the individual that's running, and I think that you have to look at what they stand for and the quality of person that they are. And we're lucky because I think there are six great people, you know, including myself, <laughs> that are running uh, for this position. And I think that really speaks a lot about the district and the diversity there. And it's just so very important that we look at, we take care of everyone, you know, that lives in our district. I tell you, I'm, I'm just uh, so excited. This is just for our particular podcast, you know, just the nature of, you know, how we talk about politics and different mm-hmm. things like that. We talk to primarily Democratic candidates. So, and, but my listeners know, I'm willing to talk to anybody and everybody because, First of all, I just think it's just so vitally important that we know, you know, uh, who these individuals are, you know, who are running for public office, whether they're elected or not. Because what happens a lot of times is, is that even when people are, are not elected, you know, they're still a part of just, you know, our communities. They're still, you know, uh, civic minded, just uh, people in great leadership roles um, that certainly fits you to a T. I just think, you know, what you've done in this community uh, is very admirable. Um, and with that, I, t- I tell you what, guys, you um, july 30th or 31st i believe july 30th july 30th so i mean that time is rapidly approaching if you just give a final pitch uh to the folks listening and just give them a good reason why they should vote cody anderson absolutely ken and i greatly appreciate you and this time and everyone that's listening uh again i'm cody anderson running for house district 84 i i greatly appreciate your support your prayers Uh, If elected, I promise to dedicate myself to District 84 and our state and just making sure that we have the very best representation, and I'm at your service. Sounds good, Cody. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. All right, so the episode just ended, and you're mad. MAD, making a difference, but you're also mad because the episode is over. But here's the deal. The movement continues. It continues on social media and far beyond. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, You can go to facebook.com backslash making M-A-K-I-N a different show and you can keep up with social commentaries. You can also know when the podcasts are coming out. You can also know when our video laws are coming out. And that's the way you can keep up with that is facebook.com backslash making different show. You can also keep up with us on Twitter. My Twitter handle is difference making that's D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E making M-A-K-I-N. If you want to follow the SoundCloud podcast, you can do so by going to soundcloud.com backslash making a difference. If you're interested in advertising with making a difference, you can shoot an email to making M-A-K-I-N a difference show at gmail.com. That's making a difference show at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your support. I love you guys. Peace and God bless. The revolution will not be televised. You see, a lot of times people see, 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 see battles and skirmishes on TV and they say, aha, the revolution is being televised. Nah, the results of the revolution are being televised. The first revolution is when you change your mind about how you look at things and see that there might be another way to look at it that you have not been shown. What you see later on is the results of that, but the revolution, that change that takes place will not be televised.